When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Daniel Shopdoss, C70 the Bat at C70 on Twitter. With me, as always, Alan Medlock, Red Dirt, Red Red A, Medlock One on the Twitters. Um, coming to you after yet another Cardinal loss, um, series loss at least. Um, and, and Alan, we were talking about it a little bit before we got started. That was a series that that turned on a dime, basically. Uh, you know, you, you almost had the series one and then all of a sudden it just unraveled. And then of course, then last night was, was, was out of the heck. Um, that, that's, that's just, just real frustrating at, at this time of time when you keep looking for signs that the Cardinals might be able to turn it around, then, uh, these things happen. Sure. Sure. And it's, uh, it's one of the situations where you, uh, you get a good start on uh, Monday, turn around and get a get a good start that just can't come to completion on Tuesday. And, you know, there's a couple 50-50 pitches that hurt Michaelis on Tuesday. But you feel pretty good about winning the series at one point, you know, and uh, you're up 6-3 and think, okay, well, this is this is pretty nice going into a Wainwright start. Then you come in and you're lined up with the Yankees. And, you know, the series wins all they can do right now. And, and that just imploded on them. And it was uh, – it's frustrating and – and uh, like we talked a little bit before the show, anything 50-50 is going, is going against them at this point. And that's, uh, that's just not a good sign. 
Yeah, I, it just it kind of goes into that idea that we've talked about a number of times this year that this is just just one of those years, right? I mean, it's there are issues and reasons and stuff like that, but there's also just a whole lot of bad luck as well. Yeah, um, and to the point that you have to be careful about what result what you take out of these results when you're planning for the future. Um, I think we see that a lot, and we can talk about this too. You know, there were reports, not reports. It was mainly Ken Rosenthal talking about how the Cardinals should trade uh, Goldschmidt and, and Arenado uh, and get the right. And that's not, that's not where this team is. This team isn't in a let's strip it down type of mode. This is a team that's, you know, I was talking with a guy uh, that does um, a Marlins podcast yesterday, last night. And, and, you know, he was talking about how this roster is very talented. This is a talented roster. This is not... A team that is just got a whole lot of old people that you know are, are the last the last gas didn't work. This is a team that should contend next year with the right moves, uh, and they don't have to be huge moves. So to strip it down seems pretty ridiculous. Sure, sure, and that's it's funny. You always wonder. I never really give a lot of it. A lot of credibility to those Rosenthal. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't mean it like that. It's just, right, yeah. it is, uh, you know, whenever the Goldschmidt, I, I understand where, how you can kind of draw the lines and some of those are headlines and one of those to where, you know, and then in his next contract, he's going to be, you know, you know, late thirties, one of those, you, you move mm-hmm. it now while he's still productive and see what you can get back. And, and I was like, you know, I, that, this is one time that I thought, I wonder what could happen here, especially with your Walker and Gorman's, you know, uh, being ready, potentially ready. I mean, which you could argue that as well, but yeah, that quickly, I was thinking, you know, that's just not the kind of, kind of club they are. And they're not who they are because of those kind of knee jerk moves either. Um, so yeah, it, it's funny. It's, it's, I think you have a good point of at this point, you, you still, you're less than 10 games out. Uh, yeah, you are in less last place, but it could be a much worse situation. Really? And being that the, the worst case scenario being of, of no hope at all, whether it's this year or next year or any of those situations, and I don't feel like I don't feel like anybody any of us feel that way enough to where it can clean it out. And you know, it goes back to something we've talked about for a month now, and you know, it it starts on the mound. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, that's what it is. I mean, and and whether that's how they start games or end games, you know, that's where they're going to need improvement, not necessarily moving bats out of a lineup. Yeah, and I mean, you know, and I don't think we, we often think that you know moving those big pieces will bring you a lot back. Yeah, and it it can, but I feel like it always brings back potential unless you know a guy that you can put in right now. And um, you know, because anybody's going to trade for Paul Goldschmidt right now is not giving up a frontline pitcher or anything of that nature because they're using him. You know, they're using them to try to contend right now if they're trading for Goldschmidt. Um, so you're, you know, you're going to kind of hope, and it feels like those kind of trades tend to blow up for the other side. Uh, Not always, um, but, but a lot. So yeah, I just don't, that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And, and like you said, it's not that kind of organization. If that was that, this is an organization that likes to have its stars stick around, maybe even longer than they should. Um, you know, we saw that with Matt Carpenter. We saw that, you know, you know, and granted Carpenter was a homegrown guy and 
Schmidt are not aren't, but I also, I mean, I would, I would almost bet that they extend Goldschmidt, right? I mean, because I think they'll probably do what they can to get him to retire in St. Louis, uh, especially as he's been productive, unless he just, you know, falls off a cliff like everybody else did this year. Uh, you know, if he, if he struggles next year, maybe they don't. But it feels to me like, you know, when we always talk about that spring training extension, it feels like that's probably he's in line for that next year to get a couple more years and at least get get closer to him never playing anywhere else. Yeah, I, that's. I would think that's probably more probable than than flipping him somewhere else. To for, uh, you know, that's just that's just not how they do things, and that's how they they don't want to be looked at as the team that does that. Probably more importantly, right? And I think, and, and this will lead us to maybe the bigger part of the conversation. We're seeing that with Adam Wainwright right now. Um, I think if this is an organization that didn't let, I don't know what loyalty emotion. Uh, history play into their decisions. Uh, Adam Wainwright m- might not make his next start. Um, Adam Wainwright might have already, you know, not been back for this year. You know that kind of stuff. Um, it is obviously, you know, it feels like right now. And to be fair, maybe it's because you're nine and a half games out, and maybe if you were a game or two out, we're having a different conversation if Wainwright's pitching like this. But it feels like the Cardinals right now, they're going to let him pitch till he gets the 200 for sure. And, and probably the rest of the year. Um, I mean, it's hard to imagine what kind of hurt it does to this club. Um, the way they are now is, is that the right call though? Um, I mean, last night was the first night I really wondered. I was thinking, you know, this is, I, I know, I mean, just recent, this is the second time that, uh, that Matt's has, uh, that Matt's has uh, followed him up for multiple inning relief stints. And I think that it may, this may not be the first two times all year, but I didn't go back and look at it or anything like that. Well, in my mind, I, I was thinking, well, you could probably get one start out of this one more. You could, you could, you could handle it with kids gloves and give one start to Matt's before the break, which would give an extended, uh, uh, which would get extended rest for Wainwright and figure out what you have. And, um, and I thought, okay, they're going to send mats, extend mats, and let's see how that works. More of it, to me, is I think they're looking for a way to get mats back in the uh, rotation regardless. And I know that you and I talked about how, he, how he's pitched better in the bullpen, and he has. I just don't, I th- I just don't think they want to bury him because I think that it, perception is enough of, hey, you can't get a starting pitcher in St. Louis. And there's a look what happens when you, uh, when you struggle a little bit. They bury you and never bring you back. You know, I don't, I don't think that they want that, and that that looks bad for them as for the guys that they could potentially sign. Um, on the on the Wainwright deal, I last night it kind of fortified to me that they still feel like he's one of the five best guys to bring <laughs> to bring it and grab mm-hmm. the ball in a rotation. And I know there's the hor- historical numbers that they're going to chase that they're going to give him every opportunity to do. And you know, if they believe that, you know, that he's one of their best five, they more, know more than I do. And I, I mean, I am I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, it's tough to watch right now, and you hate that, especially as a fan for uh, for Wainwright. But you know, it is what it is, and that's kind of what <laughs> that's kind of been the story of this season, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, tough to watch. Definitely is. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It could be the, the the video title. You know, if they made a film about this year, tough to watch would probably be it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know about. I mean, for Matt's is interesting. I mean, just looking at what he's done. You know, since he moved to the bullpen, 
Uh, he's got a 198 ERA and 13 strikeouts and 13.2 innings. And I don't, I don't know because that obviously contrasts significantly with what he was as a starter, which was let me pull that up real quick. Um, you know, 5.72 ERA, struck out 45 and 50 innings. So strikeouts were not too far off, but walked 20. Um, it feels like you know whatever his approach is in the bullpen seems to work better, and we've seen sure. that now, seen that now twice, right? I mean, because you saw him come out of the bullpen last year um, and do better. Um, so. I, I agree with you. I, I think that that's, that's a fair point. Um, also though, I, you know what? I, I don't know. I don't know many teams that if a guy's, you know, carrying a five ERA that they don't try to do something else too. Um, but you know, sometimes you can't. And I'm thankfully Matt's has been able to shift into the bullpen. So I don't know. I mean, they, I think they would like, you're right. I think they'd like him to be effective in the rotation because they're going to need to get, what at least two arms next year um, and maybe three. Yeah. Uh, and if they can get Matt's to be at least somewhat effective in the, in the rotation that cuts down on, you know, what they have to do in the trade and free agent market. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, all those thoughts were running through my head last night as well. You're thinking the best case scenario for them is to have a Matt's rebound, you know, of some sort, yeah. because then where there's uncertainty across the board, you know, maybe you can have something to, to piece into the back there, you, you know, so yeah, you, the best to be hopeful, but, but man, I just don't know. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, it's one of those, like, I mean, you could see it coming. You was thinking you, you, you thought even in the worst case scenario that they'd be able to keep their head above water. But, you know, even in, uh, you know, it took, uh, it took Montgomery forever to win, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, Michaelis has been Michaelis, but, uh, you know, that's, not say not not what you wanted, but you also didn't want him to be your number one guy taking it, which right. he's done it before. So yeah, I mean it's it it's it's a difficult situation, and and I think that a lot of that the Matt situation plays into it. Of hey, you don't want to run this guy that you know injuries, but you know potentially moved him back there to the uh, moved into the back to the bullpen last year to where second year of a contract you're moving him immediately. You know that's I think they want to avoid that at all costs and don't want to bury him and give him every chance, but. You know, it's uh, it uh, that that doesn't sound like they're in a, in a rush to do that. Yeah, and it's a tough sell to a fan base when a guy has struggled so much in the rotation, but been solid out of the bullpen. And you know, the bullpen needs its own. You know, has its own issues, right? Yeah. We saw that this week Oof. with uh, yeah. Giovanni Gallegos. Um, it's it's got it's got cracks. No, I mean bullpens are going to do that, and we know sure. Gallegos especially tends to run. It feels like every year he's got a stretcher of about five or six outings where they're just terrible. And you start thinking, do you need to get rid of this guy or do you need to shift into it? And then all of a sudden he f- figures it out and he's like nails through the rest of the year or something like that. It yeah. always seems to be something. And we, maybe that's what we're in the middle of right now. But, you know, um, it's, um, you know, they, they could use a guy. I think that. I think if you took Matt out of the bullpen, I don't know who you replace him with. Yeah. He's kind of important. Um, you know, that said, if he's going five or six innings in this, in the rotation, maybe you don't need it. I'm Matt as much. So I don't know. Um, but as for Wainwright, yeah, I mean, it's gotta be frustrating for him. It, I didn't, you know, I was watching it on game day last night and noticed, especially in the first couple of innings, you know, he just wasn't throwing his curveball. Um, and it sounds oh, like he didn't feel yeah. for it. Yeah, 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 and it's uh, you know, that's uh, it. Houston swings early and they swing often, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was funny because there wasn't the first inning was you know one runner on got through it okay but the second inning adjustment was if it had spin they didn't swing and he couldn't throw for a strike either and then uh, it was one of those to where he had to come back with any kind of fastball and they and they tortured him and it was it, and like I said there was, there was I'm not so certain that it would have played out any different any differently I'm not sure but there was one hesitation by Gorman on a double play ball to where it it was hit sharply to him. And it was a first and second situation where he slightly for split second considered going to the bag, then turned and went to second. And, and at that point it was too late for the relay to first to, to get the, get the runner. We are at first and third with one out instead of third with two outs and Altuve comes up and immediately gets a single, you know, who, who he kills him anyway. And then, you know, from there on, it, you just couldn't get out of the inning. Yeah. Yeah. It, as we said, it between the, you know, not having great results out of some of these players this year. Um, they've had some really bad luck as well, whether it's, you know, umpire calls or if it's situations like that. Um, well, you know what? Three weeks ago or something that Ollie's saying when they feel like they got to be perfect to win. Yeah. It, it kind of feels like that, right? I mean, it feels like if there's any, any kind of misstep or anything that goes wrong, it's going to spiral really quickly. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what I felt like last night. It, it was the the bat that's that's that uh, kind of stands out to me last night is it was Kyle Tucker, and uh, he had no intention of swinging at anything with spin on it, and it ran it to a full count, and then just buried a ball in the gap. And I was it, I was watching, I was like, he, they just, I mean, well, one, the top four of their lineups were really good, right. but. Um, the uh, it, you just knew the end result was you're like well we just hope that he crushes one somewhere he struck out in the first inning on a 50 50 ball that probably would have been a ball honestly probably should have been a ball but um, in the second at bat he was not being fooled and <laughs> I was like this this could be a little bit of trouble and he hit a you know bases loaded ball in the gap that broke things open yeah I think that I mean you saw when you look at this now. I mean, you see Adam Wainwright against the Astros, you kind of feel like it's going to go bad, right? I mean, if yeah. it's a, if it needs to be just the right situation, yeah. And he's got to be on his game. If he's got, you know, if he's got his command, and if he can put the ball where he wants to put it, he's going to do okay. But even even that Wainwright's going to run into problems with a team that can hit like Houston can. You know, the next start's going to be against Miami, and I don't know that that lineup is quite as strong. I mean, um. We'll we'll see uh, how that turns out. I think it's probably a better matchup, but any kind of loaded lineup, which you know, granted, if they were ever to get to the playoffs, that's who they'd probably have to face. Is lineups like that um, just doesn't seem like it's a good, it's not a good matchup. He's he's the crafty veteran that's got to, like you said, it's got to be living on the edges and you know, getting some calls and getting people to swing at pitches that aren't strikes and if teams are disciplined enough not to do that, you know, and he has to come into the zone, then that's kind of like what we saw last night. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it was just tough. I mean, it, it seemed like the mismatch, especially there in the, uh, the first you skate through, you know, second, it was just, you know, you, you could, you could feel it coming. And that, that's always where you just say it's, it's tough to swallow. You're like, Oh man, this is a mismatch at this point. Yeah, I went back and looked at 2018, you know, because 2018 is, there's that spot where we thought Adam Wainwright was going to retire, right? Um, And his first four starts, 
I wanted to see what they were like because that's before that's before you know especially that game in San Diego where he walked off the bound and we come back. Um, obviously a lot of differences, but this that back then you know we look at this. His ERA at that time was four. His his FIP was five point six. Now he had walked fourteen guys in eighteen innings, and the biggest thing, of course, was you know between lack of command, it was he wasn't throwing anything but seventy five miles per hour or whatever the case may be. Um, It was. But we thought that was brutal, and and now we're seeing much, much worse. Um, you know, I, I I know. I mean, he's probably. I do wonder how much he kicks himself about coming back this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just because he came back thinking, one, he thought August or September was, you know, kind of a anomaly because he didn't he didn't have the extension or, or whatever, and two, he probably thought this was a good team, you know, a team that had a chance to to be a real contender. And now, you know, he's buried on a last place team and he's struggling more than he ever has. You wonder if at times he didn't think, you know, I should have just stayed off the field with Wainwright and uh, with uh, Albert and and, uh, Yachty uh, at the end of last year and and just gone home. Well, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, the comment that everybody makes is you never want to go out like, well, how they say it, it, less than your best. You want to go out on top type deal. And so it would be difficult, you know, to uh, to have to face the reality that, yeah, that, you know, those days may be behind you. And I, and I can't yeah. stand that for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I hope yeah. there's some kind of mechanical fault that they figure out to where he can go out and get some guys out and, and just make it a little run here and and, and make September and, and uh, the end of the season about him like it should be. And, you know. You know, hopefully it's it's in a more competitive environment than what we're seeing now. I, I agree. And, you know, there's a lot of, of floating around today about, you know, about this time last year, Albert's hitting 198 and he's yeah. at home thinking, man, I'm about to retire. And then all of a sudden, you know, figures it out in that trip to Toronto and uh, it just clicks the rest of the way. And, you know, we, we know what happened there. And that's possible. It could do something like that for Wade Wright. But I also think. You know, last year, Yadier Molina had about a, you know, what, about a week when he came back. Uh, that was that was good. Um, struggled all year long. Um, as, as they say, the game will tell you when you're done. And I don't know if that's what the game is telling Adam Wainwright yet, but I, I hope not. Again, I hope that, you, just like you said, that he can figure something out, or, you know, get some favorable matchups. Um, and even if it's not a situation where you know he wins 10 in a row or anything like that at least to go out on a on a higher note than what we're seeing right now um because if you know if if his september if he goes into september with a seven and a half era um he's not gonna like it much i mean you know bob gibson retired with a 504 er in his final season so it's not like the greats don't do this um, but you don't, you want your last memories of them to be better than that. You want their last memories of being on the field to be better than that. Um, and you know, who knows, maybe it's, maybe it's just a, there's going to be one good start in September. That's that at least will be like that one shiny moment. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it will, it is difficult to see with a team that's not competitive um, 
a motivation necessarily to move him out of the rotation, especially when there's nobody else to take his spot, right? Sure. I mean, there's not, there's nobody. I felt like that. Him. No, I agree with that. I felt like in the post game that was more indicative than anything. Mm-hmm. Of hey, you know, hey, we're going to support him, and then you would you could just get the undertones of who who else is going to do it, you know, type yep. deal. Yeah, because I mean, you're right. If, unless they move Matt's back, I mean, there's, I mean, Dakota Hudson. At last I looked, was still struggling in Memphis. I don't see them, you know, wanting to go that route. Um, you know, Woodford has, you know, he had a good series in London. Struggled last night. Yeah. But still, um, he's kind of like Matt's too. I mean, you're taking him out of the bullpen. You're going to have to figure out, you know, can you just flip flop? And even, and that's not necessarily going to be anything better because he's already lost his spot in the rotation. Um, you know, Graceffo's been hurt and he's not, I mean, he's not necessarily ready to come up. McGreevy's just finally still getting his feet wet at, at AAA. Uh, and even so, even those guys are not, you know, your saviors. Those are guys that are going to be interesting to watch, baby. But, you know, there's nobody, there's nobody like Jordan Walker was on the other side, right? That you're yeah. Watching clamoring to see so you might as well see Adam Wainwright yep no I completely agree that's and it, I felt like that low-hanging fruit would have been mass and that would have been a flip and you could have kind of justified both sides of that but but uh but no I mean yeah, that's in in the post gamer last night I thought well that's that's not in the cards right now so this is what we're going to see for a while so you know the best we can hope is go out find something and 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 stay competitive as best, best you can. I mean, you may see him one, possibly two more times before the break, and then you get the and then uh, yeah, and then uh, you'll see how they reset everything. You know, coming out of that. So yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um. And you know the the thing the team may look different at the end of the month too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cardinals have since we recorded. Of course, we recorded last Saturday afternoon after they played the first London game. You know they win, win two, lose two uh, in the in the time span since then. So basically, you know, still where they were uh, with four days left off the calendar. It's I know John Mozeliak has been out saying a lot of you know, basically not waving the white flag, right? Which Mozeliak would never do. Yeah, but you know this idea of they're going to wait and see where they're at and all that kind of stuff. It's really, really difficult to see them anywhere other than in a selling spot, right? I mean, they're they're four and a half now behind the Cubs for fourth place. They are just a game or so ahead of the the Nationals and the Rockies for the worst in the division in the in the league. Um, the run differentials going the wrong way. Um, I don't, it's not like one thing will fix this team either. So, I mean, how, how serious do you think John Mosellock is about this waiting and seeing? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. (laughs) 
I don't know. I've I've often thought about that. There was, you know, in London, there were some comments about, you know, you know, establishing market and whatnot, stuff like you and I have talked about for a long time of, man, for once, I would like to see that happen just to go out and just determine what they're going to be and, you know, what moves they're going to make, whether that's for the positive or the negative, as far as competitiveness for 2023, that would be exciting to see if they would do it, but they're just, they, they won't, they're, immu- they're immune to that. They're just not, it's just not going to happen. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's, I, I, I don't like saying this to be the fanboy mo- no, of it, of the show, but, you're still less than 10 out and the division's terrible. You know, Cincinnati's going to come down to earth. Milwaukee's not very good because they can't score. And I'm not saying that, that uh, I mean, the Cubs may win this by default, basically. Um, you know, so it's going to be tough to justify. Uh, let's just clean some pieces out and let's see how this goes, especially if you if you truly feel in your gut that those top two may falter. Um, what that means, I'm not sure, because I'm not sure what kind of moves they're going to make or, or what they're going to have. I mean, you know, some of the guys that, that we've talked about this three weeks in a row, some of the guys that we think that were probably prime uh, pieces to me move, be, one being O'Neill is injured and, is not, and won't be back in time. You know, one of those type situations. And so I really don't know what direction they're going to go. They're going to have to get super creative, which at points they've been really good at. But on, on this one, I, I just don't know if you're not, uh, you know, if you're not making – I'm not sure the gains that you can make off this roster right now, unless it's just an explosive trade. Like we talked about, we don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I do think I I was more in line with your thinking about a week or so ago. Um, But being that we've cut a week off the calendar, nothing has changed. And now, I mean, you look at the run differential and at one time, what the Cardinals were, had the best run differential in the division, even though they were last place. Yeah. Now they're, I mean, especially after last night, which did not help anything. You know, Pittsburgh's at minus 32 and they're minus 31. That's the bottom of the division. Um, their, you know, expected record is 37 and 43, which would be, would be nice compared yeah. to that. But it would still, their expected record would still have them at the bottom of the division. Sure. I, you know, and I just, I haven't seen that. If, if they had, you know, maybe if they'd won the series against Houston and, you know, maybe if they could win a Houston against, against New York and, you know, at least show some sort of yeah. moment, I, I could get behind it. But this is a team that it feels like, you know, it's not going to win two and lose one. It's at best going to lose two and lo- or win two and lose two. And it might win two and lose three. Sure. Uh, it just never seems to be able to find enough footing for me to say, okay, this team has turned a corner. It, it just feels like they're still stuck in the same spot. No, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And and we've said that, uh, I like, I, I think that they, for their playing is as bad of baseball as we've seen. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and I say that not historically, but probably since you and I have done the show six, seven years. You know what I mean? One of those type deals. Because it's one of those, we were talking last week to where there used to be games where you knew they were going to win. Because it was mm-hmm. just going to stop that streak. That's just who they were. And that just doesn't happen anymore. Um, and then you look at the daily lineup, and and I, I like all the pieces. They just don't seem like they're in the right spots either. I don't know. Just something seems weird about it, and it has from the beginning. And I'm not really sure where to where to put my finger down on it. It just doesn't – something just doesn't click with the, with the current roster. And I don't mean that in such a negative way of I can't stand this guy, this guy doesn't fit. It just – it's just misfit toys area to me. 
you know, there's it seems to go back and forth, right? I mean, it feels like you should want a flexible roster with pieces that can go a lot of different places, but then, you know, there's also something to be said for being able to run out, you know, nine guys almost every day and let them play together. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I don't know which way is best either. Um, you know, but it does feel like, you know, maybe that's what the Cardinals need right now is a little bit more, consistency and then we've seen a little bit of that i think because we haven't seen the lineup be as maybe as i don't want to say random but it's it's yep. changed up uh especially with people hurt and things of that nature um and and maybe that's part of it i don't know um I, yeah i don't i don't know I, I i mean if we can figure it out then we can make a lot of money probably um <laughs> well, but nobody else has no 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 and it's it's one of those to where at this point we we we've spoken about this uh, a lot but we feel i think you feel like this that walker needs to be in the lineup every day mm-hmm. um especially at this point not because of what's going to happen necessarily in 23 but what could potentially happen in 24 do you agree with that yeah i mean for the most part yeah i, I can understand that like they said him yesterday or something just the wrong wrong matches or something but no yeah I that's mean, yeah but, you know 90 percent of the time he needs to be out there sure exactly like as in let's if, if they have a top nine right now and knowing that those guys that top nine is going to play three out of four i would mm-hmm. think that walker needs to be in the lineup yep. um what what gets me sometimes is i understand they're trying to find footing and they're trying to just they're just trying to have that one game that's going to going to lead to a streak, and it has to start somewhere. But I just don't. He Walker struggles in the outfield, mm-hmm. and you're going to run into that. But at this point, he probably he doesn't really have another open spot to where he's going to play. And if they feel like his future's out there, that's this is where it's going to have to go because you're going to have to figure out figure it out in the outfield and in the offseason if, if that's what he's going to do and in you know you're what essentially what you're doing is you're going to put his bat in the lineup regardless you're going to find a spot for him and i completely agree with that and i'm on board with it um i want to know if the uh, if if your numbers say that you have to have i i don't know i'm rambling on this one but i just don't understand why you don't go, do a, a newt bar carlson walker primarily outfield right now with two guys that are true outfielders and then figure out the rest a little bit. I mean, I'm all right with what DeYoung's doing. Don't get me wrong. But um, I feel like they're, you're, that, that Donovan and Edmund are going to be in the lineup somewhere every day, to the, even to the, maybe the detriment defensively, which I don't feel like they – I don't think they see that with Edmund. I think that they think that he's, uh, he's a neutral, you know, an outfield if not a plus. Yeah. Um, but I just don't get, I mean, there's a lot of times and a lot of times this week you've seen Donovan and Edmund in the outfield and you're like, well, guys may be injured. They may be dinged up a little bit, but I mean, you're potentially setting one of two outfielders outfielders in new barn and and Carlson. You know what I mean? It just doesn't, I don't know. It just seems so random right now. And, And we don't know what's going on in the clubhouse. We don't know who's dinged up. We don't know any of those things. Sometimes I think at this point, you're just like, hey, I understand that the numbers say this, but can we run this out with two outfielders and just try to figure it out from here? But I feel like they're, they're locked in concrete with the idea of Edmund and center. That, yeah, that's, a, that's an idea that came out of nowhere and now is like, you know, gospel to some degree. Um, and No, I agree. There's, there's no doubt he's made some great catch. He made sure. a couple of great catches last night, but I still, I still wonder, you know, 
are those catches that that Carlson makes, you know, standing up or yeah. something like that? I, I don't know. Maybe they're not. But well, and I'm a, you know me, I'm an Edmund fan, mm-hmm. and I would like, and I like for him to stick around. And I was a proponent of him the shortstop, and now you know I was I I loved him at second base. It's it's, and I don't feel like it's a guy that can't do it. And I love the type of player that can go to center field and do that. I just don't know if. Yeah, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Are uh, Carlson and Newt Bar struggle? Well, it can't be. Newt Bar hit third last night. He hit third, you know, right. Tuesday night. You know, it's one of those situations to where, or uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, to be honest with you, he needs to be in the lineup every day. And I feel like Carlson's the one that gets buried a little bit. Um, and uh, it, it's, I don't know. It just feels really strange about how lineup composition has happened quite a bit. And I'm not a big, you know, who it, mine's more of who's playing, not where they're hitting. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me of how they've done that. And I knew, I, I, I knew the road game wherever Kerry uh, was talking about the, uh, you know, the high praise of Edmund and Center, and I was like, yeah, this is going to happen a lot. You could, you could just tell from the broadcast that this is going to be something they're going to run with, and I just hope they don't talk themselves into thinking that this is a long term solution. Well, and you know, you look at this, and we've talked about before. I mean, Edmund's glove is okay. Yeah, there, the glove is fine. I just don't, again, not sure if, you know, if a real outfielder out there wouldn't be a little bit different. But, you know, it's not that Tommy Edmond has an above average bat that has to be in the lineup, right? I mean, right now, his OPS plus is 90. Uh, Dylan Carlson's is 98. I mm-hmm. mean, Carlson's closer to league average than Tommy Edmond is. Um, and I think Dylan Carlson has more potential for you know getting those repetitions and and everything like that (laughs) have you know a good you know to to get over to be above average um you know i we've often talked about wanting to have tommy edmund as a guy that could go and play play every day but the different spots you know filling in here and there and and obviously he can do that but yeah i don't i don't quite get especially when he's not you know, on a hot streak or anything like that, why you've then benched guys that are you supposed to be part of your future. You know, Dylan Carlson was supposed to be that guy, right? I well, mean, they <laughs> traded Harris Bader. To, to that's exactly what I was getting ready to say. I was like, you know, we're less than a year away for, hey, we traded Harrison Bader, who, you know, a goal, coming off a gold glove season because we feel like Dylan Carlson can do it. And, and here we are. And they didn't trade him for, and again, not straight up. I know it was part of a deal. I'm not saying that he was necessarily the holdup, but, you know, they made a, an, a point of telling Dylan Carlson at the trade deadline last year that they weren't going to trade him. Um, and so I don't, I don't get it. I, it's, it's amazing for a guy that, I mean, yeah, he's had his struggles, but who hadn't in this lineup to some degree? Sure. Um, for how, how quickly they have, discarded him and some of that you wonder how much of of some of this play is just scrambling around trying to figure out what you know oh this didn't work let's try something else i agree trying to you know say look this is what we're going to do we're going to let it run because we trust it um even you know for the fact that they say trust the process and stuff like that it feels to me like there's been a lot of oh okay this is working now so we're going to leave it alone even if you know something out there could be better, yeah, yeah, they, they've 
they've fallen in love with it. And, uh, and I don't know, it just doesn't make a lot of sense in you. And it's, you know, and I'm not a huge Carlson proponent and, and, or I haven't been, but at least he's an outfielder and you're right. I mean, the end of the year last year was a little bit rough, but you know, at this point, what can you lose? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, you're thinking, let's see what we can do here. And it could be, because if you think about it, it was a, you know, new bard and, Lars was going to be the right fielder and here we go. But then he impressed that, Hey, but he may get some center field reps. That was the talk of spring training. And now, you know, you know, they, uh, yeah, they're in the lineup, but I mean, Carlson Hart, this Carlson doesn't play as much as I would think he does or as I would hope he does. Yeah. And I'm more, and I think they're more inclined. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I think they're more inclined to play Donovan slash Edmund over Walker in the outfield, which, which I think is a detriment to him. Yeah. I, I, I get them, you know, the defensively wanting to do that and moving Walker to like an EDH at Cavs, yeah. uh, which is fine on an occasion. But yeah, I think as we're getting to this, okay, these last two months aren't going to matter. Let Walker play out in the outfield because you're not going to want to lock that DH spot down. I, the Cardinals have not, since the DH came to the National League, have shown that they don't want a regular DH. They want it for, you know, Paul Goldsford to have a day, half a day, you know, for Nolan Arenado have half a day to be able to rotate people through that spot. Um, and, you know, maybe it's one of those things where Jordan Walker is going to be your DH. And then if Paul Goldschmidt wants it, he'll go play first. But, you know, playing first is not, <laughs> it's incredibly hard, uh, according to Devin E. Ball. Um, you know, it's not something he's had a lot of reps with either, right? I, I just, I think he's talented enough that he just needs to play out there. And, you know, you take the good with the bad. And and uh, I feel like at some point in time, he'll be serviceable. I don't know, you know, he's not going to glove or anything, but I don't think he'll necessarily be an embarrassment if he can just continue to play out there. No, yeah, that's, I mean, completely my line of thinking. It's just, uh, you know, one you just, if you just go by gut, which, you know, they try to push, <laughs> they try to poo-poo that in baseball anymore, but, you know, he's one of the guys in the lineup that your confidence is going to do something. Yeah. You know, and I feel like that's, you take the good with the bad on that one, especially at this situation. Yeah. I mean, you've got to have him, I mean, you got to have him in the lineup one way or another, for sure. Um, you know, what, 17 game hitting streak now. Um, he's shown a real propensity to have, be able to do something which is more than this lineup could do i mean at one point in time last night i didn't say i didn't look at the final box score but you know one time point in time last night the carl just had three hits and one of those hits was from him you know it feels like it's yeah that's tends to be the way right um if, even if it's a quiet night he's gonna have have contributed something so um yeah i think that that's you know i think i think the for the last three months of the year because um yeah i just especially don't think this this team's going where I think it's very safe to say that uh, you just, you just stick him out there and see what happens. Let him, you know, let him see it and, and, and go with it. And if it doesn't work, then, you know, he's got the off season to continue to work on that. And then, sure. you know, if after a month or so next way, next year that doesn't work, then, you know, maybe then it's when you go ahead and say, okay, this isn't going to happen. And you go to the DH or something like that, but at least give him a little enough time out there to, to be familiar with it. Because yeah. I mean, he, he switched over. He's not even been out there a year, right? It was after the trading deadline last year, I think, that they moved him to the outfield of the minor leagues. 
Yeah, and no, it was, and after that, it's primarily fall. So yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I, I was thinking about that, and then it's one of those. It's like, well, oh boy, he's going to be good out there. He's so fast, and it, with his arm, you know, one of those things. And you know, and I agree with that. I'm not saying it's. I think they talk themselves into it, and then come into a game situation, they get a little nervous about how those things have worked out. And I guess yeah. that's you know optimism at its best. Yeah. Um, Tyler O'Neill did. We did finally get an update on Tyler O'Neill though, uh, which was surprising. Yet he's going to. It sounds like go out on rehab next week. Um, which if that's the case, um, he could in theory, especially if it goes beginning of the next week, right? He could in theory be back soon after the All Star break and get a week or two in the majors before the trade deadline. And there was a lot of people that kind of commented on the timing of this, I guess, of the fact that, oh, look, Tyler Neal is ready to start to come back really close to the trade deadline. I don't know if there was, if those things actually went together. I don't know how much Tyler O'Neill's looking out, get out of town. I'm sure that the Cardinals were really excited about him being able to at least kind of show that he's healthy before Agreed. the deadline. Yeah, I mean, I, and I'm in that in that boat where, boy, I, I want to see him back in the lineup. I mean, if it's if it's truly water under the bridge about what went on and the lack of hustle and stuff like that, which I hope it is, I want to see him back in the lineup just to just to to see what they can be. You know, that's kind of I feel like that's honestly a big missing piece, um, just because. They're looking for that third member of the uh, the crew, which they don't even really have a top. I no, nah, I shouldn't say that, but uh, it's uh, yeah. I just kind of want to see what the uh, the lineup construction will look like, and and you know maybe that will be. We're talking out of both sides of our mouth because that that's what's going to hurt um, Walker being in the lineup every day is if, if he comes back. I hope that's not the case, but uh, I would just like to see what they what they can be with with O'Neill in the lineup. Yeah, I, that, I mean, you're right. That makes, I would like to see that. I'd like to be healthy on you. Although, you know, I'm not sure that, I'm not sure what we'll see out of him. Um, just because it seems to take him a while necessarily sometimes to get started. But then again, he's also done pretty well coming off an injured list before. So maybe that's yeah. Um, But yeah, I, I'll be, I'm honestly interested to see, is that enough to move Tommy Edmund out of center field? Yeah, I wonder about that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, is it is it O'Neill, Edmund, and Walker? Is it, you know, with Newt Bar sitting occasionally? Or is it, you know, or is that where they move Walker to DH more and let, you know, Newt Bar play and, you know, and Carlson still can't get in there? I know. I don't know. Um, well, let me let me ask you this. Do you have any stats pulled up? I have baseball reference around. What you need? How? Is Donovan an everyday guy? He's done pretty well um, um, as of late. Yeah. Let's see if, um, you know, he's got uh, 74 games so far out of what? We're getting around 81 or so. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, they're, they're using him as that. He's hitting 272, uh, eight homers, uh, 110 OPS plus. I Right now, I mean, you look at that, I don't – as much as I think of him being like the Tommy Edmund type that's bouncing around and stuff like that, which he can do. Um, and I think they've used him more like that than they have others. Um, he's playing regularly and he's playing pretty well. 
Yeah, yeah. I just just curious, and that and I didn't mean that, that to sound like a show to be. I just yeah. I didn't know because there's a part of me that feels like those are the same player, and I don't know why I feel that way. You know what I mean? But that may mean they're in the whole time. I mean, does the young set? Do you? I mean, you just mix, mix and match. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I, you know, and again, all this is going to be impacted about whoever they try to to, to trade. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested because Paul DeYoung has been, I don't want to say he's been necessarily great, but he's been better than we probably thought he would be overall. That's not necessarily saying much. Um, he's got a 106 OPS plus. He's got 12 homers in 188 bats. I'm really interested to see if some team's not interested in a Paul DeYoung. Sure. Uh, because I think if there's an interest, they trade him. Uh, yeah. I, I think that that frees up a lot of things, you know, Edmund can go back or, you know, they've got to find a spot for Mason win here in a year or so. Um, and I don't, I don't think he's played well enough to pick up the options, at least for the Cardinals. Um, but I don't think the Cardinals are necessarily excited because of how they treat their players and such. I don't know if they're exactly excited about letting him just walk. So yeah, I think if anybody comes with, any sort of reasonable offer for Paul DeYoung, I think he might, he might be the first one out the door. Yeah. And that, in that may clear a log jam too. If, if, mm-hmm. if O'Neill comes back and that may answer some of their, our outfield questions, you know, it, by, by and large that you're probably going to see more of Edmund at short and then Donovan and everybody else figuring out the, the, the rest from there. So I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of moving parts, but I would, I would tend to agree with you. And it, it's one of those things to where if you don't feel like he's going to be your opening day shortstop and, and, and extremely productive next year, um, I feel like they should probably pat DeYoung on the back for what he's done for them. You know what I mean? At this point, I know that sounds silly after all the years of, of, you know, counting on him and it didn't work out, but Hey, go, go and enjoy a, 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 a pennant, pennant race somewhere else, you know, type situation. Sure. Right. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, uh, I feel like that's kind of how they, I think they like him enough to where that would maybe happen. But, you know, I'm, I'm also not, I don't know if they'll extend him, but you know, I, I feel like, I don't know. I, I, I kind of am concerned about that, about the long term outlook. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, there's no guarantee they wouldn't pick up. I can't no. remember if they pick up both options at the same time or not. I don't think so. I think they just have to pick up the one. Um, let me see exactly what those options yeah, are. They've been they've been patient and somewhat apologetic about it, and that that's what kind of in the back of my mind I'm thinking. You know, uh, would they give up on him at this point? I don't know. Um, you know, he's he's getting nine million this year. His option is twelve and a half for twenty four and fifteen for twenty five. That's um, a lot. It's a decent amount. I mean, yeah, that's going up. Uh, the buyouts are two million this year and one million next year. So yeah. I will say that if anybody trades for Paul DeYoung, you know they're on the hook for probably three million plus the prorated amount of this year. So you know what you know basically probably total of six million dollars you can get Paul DeYoung um, from you know so you know maybe that's you know it's probably not going to bring you back you know like some sort of superstar. But maybe it bring you back a double A pitcher that has potential or something yeah. of that nature uh, that maybe you can start looking at for not next year, the year after. 
Um, but I, and it would be interesting to see if the, if the return of Paul O'Neill doesn't coincide with the Paul DeYoung trade. Um, I'm looking at the roster, I guess most likely Mercado can go, can he go? He can't go down. Can he? I don't think so. I think he, so I think, so it's Burleson could, Burleson could, although they may need him in the bullpen. Um, (laughs) former college pitcher. That's right. I'm. Didn't watch it. Like, I mean, you saw him. Well, were, I wouldn't say that. I mean, the eighth was about all I could stomach. Okay. <laughs> so I did not see the grand slam. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, people were saying that uh, he looked more like a pitcher than most position players do. Sure. Um, granted, he, yeah, he gave up a, a grand slam before he got an out. So that didn't that didn't help matters much. But uh, um, and like I said on Twitter, he's got to be the group is getting bigger, but. He's got. He's one of the few people that have hit a home run off a position player and then given up a home run. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, um, in his career. So, I mean, but that's about you know when you're looking at you know how do you make room for Pilot Tyler O'Neill on this roster? I mean, that's it's it's either probably send Burleson down, which feels like they would have done that a long time ago if they wanted to, right? Yeah, and he's up all year long and. It's a little bit weird to then send him to Memphis in, you know, at the All Star break, but it could happen. Um, or say Mercado's gone. Of course, if you got to get kind of got to get rid of one of those guys, you don't need all these outfielders floating around, especially when you got Tommy Edmond as one of them. Not even counting that, but you know, maybe that is a, a you know, you move Paul DeYoung at, at that time, uh, you know, maybe a little early on the on the market. I don't know. I mean, again, seeing John Mosella pull the trigger on something before. July 27th would be really surprising, but it's also interesting. I mean, we talk about this third wild card and how it keeps people involved, right? Um, let me look and see. In the in the American League, there are just four teams that are over six games out of the wild card spot. Um, the National League. There's one, two, three, four, five, six. Um, but that still means there's, you know, not only the teams that are winning, but one, two, three, four, five, you know, five to ten other teams that are available. Basically, what boils down to there are not a lot of sellers. Um, and yeah. the Cardinals, in theory, could get pretty good prices for these guys if – there's not a lot of market. I mean, if they're the only, if they're putting out Jordan Hicks on the market and he's like the best reliever out there, you know, a lot of people could come to him. So I hope that they're able to maximize this and not, and not just mess it up. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, either, either wait for it or try to hold out for too long or, yeah. uh, or settle for too little. Uh, I, I just hope that they, can really be smart about what the, what these trades that they're going to have to make. No. And it, it's funny. That was going to be my next question to you is, is there a part of you that's regardless of the standings right now, that's excited for the deadline just to see what they do more so than it has been in the years where they're actually in contention. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Because I mean, one, Right, we know, right? This, those deadlines have been very quiet. Yeah. When they've been in contention. I mean, it's where they don't, you know, except for the whole Juan Soto courtship last year. You know, they're not even necessarily rumored to be about people. And there's there's usually a lot of 
big names out there that we think they should go get and they're not anywhere close to. And so this year, I'm very interested to see, because I feel like there's going to be more turnover on this team than there ever was in the past. And I'm interested to see what that looks like. I'm, you know, I, I don't think that, I don't think that they're going to necessarily like get this big haul or anything like that, or they're going to revitalize this team. But I'm hopeful that they get, you know, one or two prospects that are, you know, pretty, pretty um, good um, and that have pan out in another year or so that we'll say, okay, you know, this was somewhat worth it, I guess. Yeah, it's and it, I kind of wondered, I was like, well, if you were going to answer with it, well, that's the only thing we have to look forward to <laughs> type answer. But but no, I mean, and that I was thinking, well, if he, he's going to say that one of his one or two when you said one, I was thinking that maybe what that the direction that we go. So kind of glad you didn't. But but no, I'm in a uh, I'm in that same boat. I mean, it, it's it's funny there's just a lot of random pieces right now and it's easier to point to and say, Hey, listen, this is, it isn't work to where they in the past have used it as flexibility. Now I will, I will say, are they, is this one of those PR years that they're ready to take a huge hit if they don't do anything? That's, that's a concern of mine. I mean, I feel like they need to do, and we've said this before a little bit and I've said this a couple places. I feel like they need to do something more than they, in years past for PR purposes, for selling a tickets. Because if you, if you don't make a trade, if you don't shake this roster up, then when you start trying to sell tickets in yeah. August, September or October for next year, people are going to be like, eh, they're not necessarily motivated, but you go, you know, especially if you can pull in at least one, prospect that gets people excited um that at least helps you say look we're gonna and i think it gives them if you say and you know we'll probably be active this offseason or something like that i think people that are buying tickets for next year might believe that a little bit more than you know if you just stand pat then they're gonna be like this is what they always do but they don't have the okay we also won 90 games to go along with it you know if they're doing everything they normally do and they 160 then why do i want to come out and watch them probably win 60 or 65 next year so i think they i feel like they need to do a little bit more just to make sure the fan base doesn't get too apathetic sure yeah sure i completely agree with that and that's um um and a lot of times they will use this to uh and it happens in the off season to move necessary pieces to uh, kind of fill up roster spots and whatnot. And, you know, I think that, um, I think the idea that, that when will be up within the next year or two, that adds a lot to it, considering that yeah. you, you know, you have at least two, well, one shortstop, one center fielder slash shortstop on the roster right now <laughs> that, uh, you know, some of those things are going to have to start opening up a little bit. And yeah, bottom line, they, they have to get some arms, you know, one way or the other. I mean, even just to get through the, get through the season this year. Yeah. Yeah, that may be very well like what they're they're gonna have to pull in, you know, make some sort of deal that brings them some sort of, you know, veteran arm. Yeah, I agreed. That's the lackey, the Lester, that that kind of thing, just to get through this year and then, you know, a prospect along with it. Yeah, I, that's what I kind of what I was thinking too. You're gonna go and they're gonna get some, uh, you're gonna get some uh, arms to put down on the farm, and then you're gonna have to get somebody that can eat some innings this year, and and that will probably be the first move. And boy, are you going to see the pushback on that? 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Because the fan base is at a fever pitch right now. That's true. Um, yeah, I think that, of course, you know, if you're going to get something back like that, you're probably selling off something. And so, sure. you know, if that's the first move, I think you're right. I can see what you're saying. And I think you're probably right to some degree, but also think that there's a, a section that says, okay, look, they've made this move. They're probably not the only move they're going to make. Now, yeah. It I is the only move that they make, so. you know, August 2nd, August 3rd, then yeah, you've got some pitch of fortune torches coming along. But um, I think maybe if any kind of move, especially if a move that happens like the 23rd, 24th or something like that, I think you start thinking, hey, they're going to, this, if they're making moves this early, that's not the, you know, they're going to, they're going to tr- move some people. Yeah. Uh, and again, I don't, there's nobody on this team that I necessarily want to be traded necessarily. You know, it's like, Oh man, I don't like that guy. I get rid of him or whatever. Oh, he's been terrible, whatever. Um, I think it's just more of there's interest in roster turn. There's always, it makes it, it brings new people in, you get new faces and, and the team looks different. And I think that's in a season that has been so rough. I think having a chance to, to some degree have a little bit of a mental reset and say, look, okay, well now I, now I want to watch this team because we're going to see Dylan Carlson every day or, you know, or if they don't trade Tyler O'Neill, Tyler O'Neill's out there or something like that. Or, Hey, what about, what are these new guys that we brought in? What are these arms? You know, are they going to be any good? At least give some sort of interest to, to the second half of the season that wouldn't have any, any, any otherwise. No. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it, it's going to be – it's one of those even – you win, you pull the series out and lose 14 nothing last night, and you're like, oh, man, that's kind of, that kind of stinks. Now it kind of came back to earth. You feel that way. But any loss now feels like the uh, the end of the road, and that's we haven't had that in a long time. And, I mean, it's still June, so it's kind of tough. So what the next month leads to is going to be exciting. Maybe, maybe it was well, exciting to see what could happen. It's going to be pretty frustrating. It could potentially be extremely frustrating to see how we get there. But, but yeah, to see kind of the, the moves and whatnot, and maybe start building into next year, we it, it's going to be kind of fun to watch. Could be. Um, just seeing this tweet here from uh, Brandon Kiley, BK Sports Talk, um, pointed out that the Cardinals were eleven and three from May seventh to twenty one, and six and two from the seventeenth to the twenty seventh of June. Um, other than those two winning spots, they're 16 and 42. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, and like I said, this isn't, this is probably just who they are. Uh, and yeah. winning spots just aren't, just aren't going to be enough. Um, I just, I would like them to, I think we could just rule out them finishing 500, right? I think that's just not going to happen this year. So that streaks over with, I would like to see them pass Pittsburgh and not, not finish in the last place and pass yeah. Pittsburgh. Um, I think that's probably the only things that we have left to, and, and now that Pittsburgh's come back to earth a little bit, although they've won a few games, um, you know, the Cardinals are what five games behind Pittsburgh right now. I mean, that's doable. Although, well, and the scary thing about Pittsburgh is they have guys coming back. Yeah. You know, that's, that's why, you know, new Cruz and those guys are going to be, are going to come back. So that, that worries you a little bit. It's also interesting. I mean, Pittsburgh started to develop young talent. They've got some young talent out there. Obviously, Cincinnati has a lot of that. Um, 
suddenly the Cardinals have kind of, even though they're they're not probably as as old as we think they are, they feel old, right? Yeah. Uh, they're, they're better, even with guys like Tommy Edmond and stuff on the. I mean, they haven't been around forever, but it still has that man. These guys, man, these guys have been around forever. So, in getting a chance to maybe get some younger pieces, although most of them are going to be arms if they do get them, um, would be interesting as well to try to see if try to refresh refresh the team a little bit. Yep, no, I agree, and I mean it's a, it's it's a welcome thought, you know, for me. Yeah. So, anyway, um, we've gone our hour. Um, we'll back at you next week, um, probably talking about the same stuff because there's really not much else to talk about. Maybe we'll have some Tyler O'Neill news or some more clarification. You know, who knows? Maybe the Cardinals will win every game this week and we'll start thinking of they've got something in them. I don't plan on that. So, uh, But until next time, for Alan, I'm Daniel. Good night. Good night.